We are anticipating the appearance of Lord Krishna and at the same time we, we know that Krishna is already with us. Uh, here we have been discussing about the hearing from Krishna and why why we should want to hear from Krishna. In the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, we hear about Krishna and we hear Krishna's, um, we hear about Krishna's appearance and his activities, his janma and his karma, uh, with the understanding that his janma and his karma are divya. They are not ordinary and they are not extraordinary. They are divya. They are transcendental. In Bhagavad Gita, we hear from Krishna. An important thing that we hear from Krishna in Bhagavad Gita is about himself. We hear how Krishna appears again and again. We hear that he appears repeatedly. Um, and we hear from him why he appears. We hear his purpose in appearing. He appears, he comes to this world to to reset um, the practice of spiritual life. There is this tendency, something like entropy. Entropy means uh, it's the way material energy works. It tends to run down. And simil similarly, the practice of spiritual life tends to run down. And uh, Krishna in Bhagavad Gita makes some promises. And this is where I wanted to start. I wanted to uh, start with a verse spoken not by Krishna, but by the demigods, the devas, to Krishna before Krishna's appearance. Krishna is being anticipated. He is coming very soon. He's going to appear in the place where he is, where Devaki and Vasudev have been kept for so many years. And they, the demigods, know who is coming. They know Krishna's coming. Kamsa is also knowing who's coming. He's worried. He's worried. He's frightened. The demigods are happy. Two different emotions. 
So the demigods say their first prayer, they say, Satyavratam, Satyavratam, Satyaparam, Trisatyam, Satyasyayonim Nihitamcha, Satye. Satyasya Satyam, Rita Satya Netrang, Satyatmakang Tvang, Sharanang Prapanna. It's a kind of long translation. The demigods prayed, O Lord, you never deviate from your vow. which is always perfect because whatever you decide is perfectly correct and cannot be stopped by anyone. Being present in the three phases of cosmic manifestation, creation, maintenance, and annihilation, you, Krishna, are the supreme truth. Indeed, unless one is completely truthful, one cannot achieve your favor. Hmm. Which therefore cannot be achieved by hypocrites. You are the active principle, the real truth in all the ingredients of creation. And therefore, you are known as antaryami, the inner force. You are equal to everyone, and your instructions apply for everyone for all time. You are the beginning of all truth, Therefore, offering our obeisances, we surrender unto you. Kindly give us protection. That's just the first verse of several prayers uh, given by the devas, offered to Lord Krishna in anticipation of his appearance. And the first phrase of this verse, satyavratam, I've always found interesting in Srila Prabhupada's translation. He says, O Lord, you never deviate from your vow. And in his purport, something that Srila Prabhupada rarely did, but uh, in this purport he added a footnote and the footnote was to this point. Uh, he wants to explain what is the vow. And he says the vow is yada yadahi dharmasya glanir bhavati bharata abhyutanama dharmasya tadatmanam srijamyaham srijami. I appear uh, whenever there is dharma glani, uh, a a shrinking, we can say, of dharma. At that time I appear. Um, 
So that's one explanation of what is the vow. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur gives us another uh, reference, what is Krishna's vow. He says, Satyavratam means, Satyavratam yasyatam, you whose vow is true. Because of the statement, Sakrit eva prapanno yas, Tavasmiti cha yachate, Abhayam sarvadatasmai dadam yetad vratang mama. I, Krishna is speaking here as Lord Rama in the Ramayana, I bestow constant fearlessness to anyone who even just once, Sakrit Eva, surrenders and beseeches me, Yachate, by saying, Tava Asmi, I am yours. And don't worry, you don't have to say it in Sanskrit. Krishna understands Polish, Serbian, um, even English, <laughs> uh, Portuguese, <laughs> Spanish. So, I am yours. This is my pledge. Uh, etat vratam mama. The word vrata. It's interesting because we usually think of vrata as... Um, uh, vrata is usually translated as vow, and we usually think of a vow as some sort of um, an austerity which human beings do um, in order to approach the Lord. We make a vow, I am going to fast today for Krishna Janmashtami. No? <laughs> so that's usually how we understand the word vrata, but here, satya vrata, the Lord is satyam vratam yasyatam, you whose vow is true. And the Lord's vow, we understand, well, he makes one vow, which is, I will always appear when there is a reduction, a, a disappearance of dharma. And uh, another vow, which uh, we hear from Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, is, I will always protect my devotee. Now, we could say these go together. Hmm. Um, because uh, Krishna says in the next verse in the Bhagavad Gita, paritranaya sadhunam. Uh, paritrana, trana means to cross. We have the word avatara, uh, tarana and trana, uh, the same, basically, crossing. And ava means down crossing down, or an avatara is one who crosses down. 
but um, Krishna says paritranaya for the purpose of uh, of bringing out <laughs> pari um, pari means around or thoroughly uh, for bringing uh, for delivering Prabhupada translates for delivering the devotees. So delivering means protecting. And it's so we can say it's all the same vow that Krishna makes. And by this vow, what can we appreciate? We can appreciate that uh, the Lord feels a responsibility. He feels a responsibility to his devotees. And it doesn't take very much for the Lord to feel that responsibility because he says, Sakrit eva prapannos mi tavasmi iti. One simply has to say once, I surrender to you. I didn't have time to search for this, but as I remember, He's making this statement um, in connection with uh, Vibhishana. Vibhishana is, as we know, approaching Lord Rama after he sees that his brother Ravana is hopeless. He's not going to give up his position, his determination to defy the Lord. So then Vibhishana says, okay, I'm out of here. And he goes uh, to approach, to surrender to Lord Ram. And there's some doubt by others who are with Ram. Who is this? Maybe he's a spy. Um, maybe it's a conspiracy. Uh, but Rama says, he takes uh, Vibhishana at face value. He, he accepts that he's saying, I surrender to you. He accepts that. And, there, and then he makes this promise uh, that I will protect one who does so. Mm. So in Bhagavad Gita, we were discussing about uh, various ways Krishna speaks about himself. Uh, we, we came eventually to the ninth chapter and we encountered another promise of the Lord, Kshipram Bhavati Dharmatma, Shashvat, Kshipram Bhavati Dharmatma. On, on, on Jamashtami, one can never remember verses. Shashvat shantim nigachati konteya pratijani hiname bhakta pranashati. Pratijani hi. He's saying, Konteya, O Krishna, O Arjuna, you declare, you make the you quote me, you make the promise on my behalf. 
that uh, my, my devotee never perishes. So this is, according to Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, the core, the center, the centerpiece of uh, the six principles of surrender. Anukulyasya sankalpa, pratikulyasya varjana, rakshishyatiti, excuse me, vishvasa, bhoktritve varanam tatha, atmanik shepa karpanye, Shatvidha Sharanagati. Rakshishyati iti. The Vishvasa, the, the conviction, the Lord will protect me. Um, so if one has that conviction, then that is the core of the process of surrender, and the process of surrender, uh, which has six elements, if one can simply say, I surrender, then the Lord is saying, I make this promise. Um, there's another translation of this verse, Satyavratam Satyaparam. It's, it's shorter than Srila Prabhupada's, but I think it's also... Uh, interesting for us. So I want to read this as well. Um, it's the same verse. This is verse 26 of chapter 2 of Canto 10. We take shelter of you. Your pledge is true. Here uh, the translator is using the word pledge instead of uh, instead of vow. Your pledge is true, and then comes a colon indicating the rest is um, an expansion of this pledge. Honesty is most important to you. You may remember Srila Prabhupada in his translation said that uh, one who is a hypocrite cannot approach the Lord. One must be completely truthful. So, more literally, perhaps, honesty is most important to you. You are the truth of the three Vedas. You are the cause of the five elements. And you abide in the real. You are absolutely real. <laughs> Not just partially real, but absolutely real. You are absolutely real compared to what is materially real. You are the guide for speaking truthfully and pleasantly, as well as for perceiving Paramatma, your body is real. So here the word real is used um, 
Prabhupada uses the word truth. You are the absolute truth. And of course, in the very, very, very beginning of the Bhagavatam, uh, we understand the verse, first verse is a meditation on the absolute truth. In a, in a somewhat abstract sort of way, janmadhyasya yaton vayaditaratas charteshvamignyasvarat satyang parang dimahi let us meditate on uh, the supreme truth. Or we can say, because the word sat means true or truth, and it also means what is real. So the bigger point we can say is, um, and it's hinted here when it says, uh, you are absolutely real compared to what is materially real. So when we speak about Krishna's appearance, we're speaking about the appearance finally of what is actually real, true and real. And that true and real, the, the absolute reality appearing in the world of what is called um, comparatively material real is a wonderful thing. Krishna is teaching in the Bhagavad Gita about himself, and in this respect we can say his... Um, the broad principle is sambandha. He's teaching us about himself and ourselves in relation to him. And he's also speaking about uh, abhideya, the process for how to approach him. And, uh, and he also speaks about the, the, the goal, uh, the prayojana. All of this is expanded and, we can say, fully made clear when Krishna himself appears and performs his pastimes. In Bhagavad Gita, we can say it's in a very compact form, um, the Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojana in the Chatur Shloki, the four verses of the 10th chapter uh, which tell us that everything is coming from Krishna. Aham sarvasya prabhavo matta sarvam pravartate. And he tells us what happens when someone understands that. What, what does one do when one understands that Krishna is the source of everything? everything? Iti matva bhajantema. Buddha Bhava Samanvita. One will worship him with great devotion. Endowed Samanvita with great devotion. And how does that worship look? Satatam. Not Satatam, that's another verse. Machita Matkata Prana. Bodhayanta Parasparam. Katayantas chamam nityam 
tu shanti cha ramanti cha. Matchitta, matgata prana. Their, their very lives, their prana is dedicated, is gone, literally gone to the Lord. Their chitta, their consciousness has gone to the Lord. Their, ch their chitta and their prana, everything is surrendered. But it's not just an individual thing. It's not just that I will sit in a corner with my chitta and my prana dedicated to Krishna. Rather, bodhayanta parasparam. There's going to be some mutual discussion, mutual enlivenment. Uh, bodhayantaha, literally uh, enlivening others. Mutu mutually, so one in enlivens another and the other enlivens the first. There's an exchange. How do they do it? Katayanta, they get each other to speak about the Lord. Katayantas chamang nitya tushyanti, and what is the result? What is the prayojana? Tushyanti cha, ramanti cha. They will be satisfied, they will be uh, joyful. Uh, Krishna says in the beginning of the ninth chapter of the Gita, uh, Rajavidya, Rajaguhyam, Pavitramidam Uttaman, Pratyakshavagamang Dharmyam, Susukam Kartum Avyayam. This process, this uh, confidential knowledge is something that's practiced, and when it's practiced, it brings joy. Susukam kartum, and it's perpetual. And then Krishna tells Arjuna what is the result of this constant engagement in the Lord's service. Satatam tesham satatayuktanam tesham satatayuktanam Bhajatam priti purvakam dadami buddhi yogam tam yenamam upayantite. Dadami, Krishna is uh, reciprocating. I give, he says, I give you. What does he give? Buddhi yoga. He gives the yoga of, of the buddhi, which is the yoga of intelligence. It's also the yoga of reason. Bhakti yoga, Prabhupada translates buddhi yoga as bhakti yoga, uh, following um, Baladevidya Bhushana. But the word buddhi can mean reason, it can mean, so it's about using our reason uh, in service. But where to get that reason, Krishna says, I give it to you. But when does he give it? He says, I give it when you engage, um, become absorbed constantly in, uh, in service in my 
glorification, katayantas, chamam, nityam. And then comes the, the grand finale of the four verses uh, when Krishna says, Tesham eva anukampartam mahamagyana jamtama nashayam yatma bhavasto jnana dipena bhasvata. Then Krishna says, <clears throat> out of compassion, eva anukampartam uh, of, out of a, out of trembling, literally, kampa means to tremble. Krishna is trembling with compassion. Krishna is so eager. Uh, he is so concerned. He feels so responsible uh, that he is um, doing everything necessary. Uh, for our, for our sake, to save us, to bring to bring us out uh, from this conditioned world, a conditioned world which is described uh, by the devas in their next uh, in the next prayer. Ekayano sao, dvipalas trimulas chaturasa, panchavida shadatma, sapta, sapta, tvagashtavitabo navaksho, dasha chadi, dvikagohi, adivriksha. And I don't have, oh, here it is. Translation of Śrīla Prabhupāda. Oh, Prabhupāda gave a very long purport to the previous verse. Okay, here it is. Uh, the body, that is the total body, and the individual body are of the same composition. The body may figuratively be called the original tree. From this tree, which fully depends on the ground of material nature, come two kinds of fruit. So what's happening in this verse is it's a kind of playing with numbers. It starts with one, and then there's two, and then there's three, and then there's four, five, six, seven, eight, up through ten. Uh, numbers of different substances, we can say. All of it describing the tree of this world and the body, because the body and the world are the same composition. Okay, from this tree, which fully depends on the ground of material nature, come two kinds of fruit. The enjoyment of happiness and the suffering of distress. Okay, we have the number two now. The cause of the tree forming its three roots, there's three roots going down, is association with the three modes of material nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance. 
The fruits of bodily happiness have four tastes, dharma, artha, kama, and moksha. So there's, there's um, the tree is a tree, so it has fruits, and the fruits have four different tastes. Uh, and these are experienced, these four tastes are experienced by five senses uh, for acquiring knowledge. And where does this happen in the midst of six circumstances? What are these circumstances? Lamentation, illusion, old age, death, hunger, and thirst. The seven layers of bark covering the tree, and these are the different layers of the body, are skin, blood, muscle, fat, bone, marrow, and semen. And there are eight branches of the tree, five gross and three subtle elements, earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, false ego. Uh, the tree of the body has nine hollows, nine gates, the eyes, the ears, the nostrils, the mouth, the rectum and the genitals, and ten leaves, the ten airs passing through the body, the pranas. In this tree of the body, there are two birds. One is the individual soul, and the other is the super soul. Hmm. So that's the material condition, and the point is that the Lord appears to bring us out of the material condition. Uh, he makes it possible for us to do this with his teachings and with his pastimes. And his pastimes in particular uh, give us a vision of the prayojana, the goal. We can say Bhagavad Gita in particular is uh, focused on the process and well, let's say sambandha, the relationships, the, the who is who and what is what, uh, the five principles, uh, Ishvara, Jiva, uh, Kala, uh, Prakriti, and Karma, what is what in relation to the Lord, who is the Lord, and so on. And the process, Krishna is declaring repeatedly in the Bhagavad Gita, the process of surrender, and in the end, he is saying, don't worry about your own preconceptions of uh, what is right, what is wrong. Um, the thing you need to do is to surrender to me, and I will protect you. Uh, and then in Krishna's, uh, Krishna's lifetime, in the course of his life, we can say, we get demonstration of what is the goal? What, is, uh, what does it mean to speak of love of God? What is, what is that like? That we learn, especially from 
uh, Krishna's associates. We get a hint of that in Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says to Arjuna, you are my friend uh, and my devotee. Uh, and he reveals something of that relationship. But we get something so much more in uh, the descriptions of Krishna in Vrindavan, Krishna with his friends, Krishna with his beloveds, whose lives are devastated when Krishna seems to leave Vrindavan, uh, to go to Mathura, who cannot live without him. I say seems to leave because we understand Krishna never really leaves Vrindavan. Uh, but he seems to leave. And why does he seem to leave? To sharpen the feelings of the residents of Vrindavan in feelings of uh, his absence the feeling of separation. Um, and Krishna teaches uh, one particular devotee of his named Uddhava, a very close friend uh, with whom he is interacting especially in Mathura and then eventually in Dvaraka. He sends Uddhava to Vrindavan with a message. He has, mess he has more than one message. He has a message for Nanda and Yashoda, and he also has a message for the gopis. He doesn't have a message uh, for, um, for the gopas, because the gopas, the, the, the cowherd boys, are not worried about whether Krishna will return or not. They understand. Krishna said he'll come back. He'll come back. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but the gopis are extremely worried, extreme anxiety. Nanda Maharaj and uh, Yashoda Mai are extremely distraught, distressed. So... Uddhava has messages for them, and he comes with these messages, but uh, when he conveys the messages, or when he tries to convey the messages, he finds that he can't really get across to them what he thinks he should, because what's really happening is that they are teaching him, Uddhava, a lesson. And actually, Krishna has sent him for that lesson. And what is the lesson? Here is where you find pure, unadulterated devotion, pure love. When you witness, when you see this love, you'll understand what is Krishna Bhakti. And so, uh, this is also for us to learn through Uddhava, especially. Uddhava um, it would have been many years later, Uddhava meets Vidura, and 
He has just before this been with Krishna. Krishna has taught Uddhava um, a kind of expanded Bhagavad Gita, the Uddhava Gita in the 11th canto. And he has made a final departure. They have made a final departure. Krishna has made it clear that he is now leaving. He is going back uh, to his abode. And Uddhava is brokenhearted. And in that state, he meets Vidura. And in that state, he shares with Vidura uh, his feeling for Krishna as he describes uh, Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan. So we get all of this uh, through Uddhava and then, of course, through our Acharyas who are conveying uh, uh, the, the life of Krishna and of his devotees to us. And we are learning from the Acharyas what it means to love Krishna. And we are learning from the Sangha, the association of devotees, what it means to love Krishna. And when we see what is, what is love of Krishna, then we become illuminated in the process how to serve Krishna, how to take our, our mundane, quotidian lives, our daily lives, and transform them to transform through our mundane senses, trans, uh, transforming our senses through engaging in Krishna's service. We talked about this yesterday. Atashri Krishna Namadi na bhavet grahyam indriyai sevan mukehi jivado svayameva spuratyada first, uh, first it says uh, that we cannot connect with Krishna through the senses and then the second half of the verse says you can connect through the senses to the Lord beginning with uh, the tongue and with the prerequisite that we turn ourselves to Krishna, that we direct ourselves, seva unmukhe, uh, with the purpose of serving the Lord. Uh, and so our spiritual life uh, really begins with the practice of chanting the holy name taking prasadam, we talked about that yesterday also. Uh, and uh, calling to Krishna for his help. How has it been possible for us to do this, particularly by the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, who completes, in a sense, we can say, Krishna's promise. Uh, Krishna makes this satyam vratam, this satya vratam, this, uh, this true vow, this vow of, um, 
the vow to which he is true, the vow that he keeps, he makes this uh, promise, and yet there is a problem for him that he, Krishna, feels some incompleteness because he cannot understand, he cannot realize, he cannot feel what is that devotion which is present in the person Srimati Radharani. So in order to experience that, he has to come again. And by coming again, he, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, more graphically than any other possible way we could imagine, demonstrates what is uh, the mm, prayojana of bhakti, what is the perfection of bhakti. And it's not that he just says, or he demonstrates it, but he shows us the way how we can pursue it. So all of this we are celebrating in the appearance of Lord Krishna today at midnight. It's already midnight in India. <laughs> yeah, so we can already we can already party. <laughs> yeah. Hare Krishna. So, um, I believe I will stop here. Uh, I don't know if there is time for any discussion or if uh, the program in Warsaw is continuing on. I don't know if they want to say something in Warsaw or what. Hmm? Okay, so then, what does that mean? Okay, so that means we have uh, about 12 minutes. <laughs> um, well, maybe I can ask our local devotees if anyone has a comment you'd like to say, something to share, something about your experience of John Mastami Festival this time or in previous years. Maybe you have some nice memory of Janmashtami or your first Janmashtami. Srila Prabhupada with the devotees in uh, New York celebrated Janmashtami in 1966 and uh, 
they simply chanted all day till midnight. Uh, they read. Um, they wouldn't have had Krishna book yet. I don't think, no, they wouldn't have had Krishna book yet. Uh, anyway, they chanted and for Srila Prabhupada it was no problem to, <laughs> to fast. <laughs> the devotees were struggling. Okay, um, we have a, let's see, a question or a comment from Avaduta Rai. Canto 11, chapter 30, verse 7. Krishna speaks to the Yadavas about the need to worship the demigods by bathing their images, anointing them uh, with sandalwood pulp, etc. Question, what was the reason to worship the devas? This doesn't seem to be a good example after speaking Bhagavad Gita. <clears throat> Krishna is very accommodating. He is... Um, accommodating everyone's inclination and tendency for worship. And he recognizes that there will be those who uh, feel the need uh, to worship the devas. Even the yadavas, even his own clan, And so he's, he's not, Krishna is not envious. <laughs> Krishna is free from envy. We get a much different picture of God uh, in, the, uh, in the Hebrew Bible, so-called Old Testament for the Christians, um, where the commandment is, thou shalt worship no other gods before me, for I am a jealous God. <laughs> and Krishna says, I'm not jealous. He <laughs> says, you want to worship other gods, go ahead. You can worship them and you can go to them wherever you like, you can go. But if you worship me, you will come to me. And what does that mean? That means you'll come beyond this world. You'll come to the spiritual world. Um, okay, he's also asking... Um, the six principles of uh, surrender... One is being the guardian, being a guardian, and the other being protector. Okay, um, so the first two, anu, anukulyasa sankalpa, pratikulyasya varjanam, 
these are very different from each other. One is accepting what's favorable for service, and one is rejecting what is not favorable. Uh, uh, and then seeing the Lord as protector and seeing the Lord as uh, rakshish, uh, as raksha, as as protector, and boktritva, uh, seeing the Lord as the maintainer, the supporter. Yeah, we can say that they are very close, very similar, but I would say that uh, the sense of protection is coming in relation to a sense of danger, and uh, the notion of support is recognizing my my everyday support, my my life uh, support, if you like, my my way of life. Everything is under uh, or is resting on. Yeah, put it that way. My life support. It's resting on Krishna. And if there's some danger, something, um, and of course, ultimately, we are surrounded by danger, uh, especially in the last year and a half. We've been uh, everywhere so much in anxiety because of an invisible but very uh, deadly danger, for many people deadly, uh, this virus situation. Uh, so Krishna says, I protect you. But how does he protect? It doesn't mean necessarily that he's protecting the body. <laughs> body is going to go sooner or later. Um, Krishna makes no promise about protecting this body. He may protect, he, he can protect when he wishes, uh, but he may, he may also say, well, maybe it's time now for you to move on. So what is, that, what is it that he's protecting? He's, uh, in particular, he's protecting our, uh, our devotion. He's protecting our... Um, He's protecting the heart. He's protecting our Krishna consciousness. Whatever we have uh, that we are bringing to Krishna, Krishna is um, holding, he is cherishing that. He is holding it and not letting it go. Yeah, that's how I would explain that. Um, okay, that's all that we have of questions or comments here. Yes. Are uh, prayers for the material body, protection of material body? 
So to pray for the be protected in our material activities. Czy są modlitwami w kategorii modlitwy materialne lecz? Are these prayers considered as praying for material things? Material protection or whatever. Okay, the question is whether our prayers for I have to, as I understand it, to to be able to do our material our activities in this world, whether that's material, um, it depends on our bigger vision, is it, um, and our motivation, is our motivation to serve the Lord or is our motivation for ourselves only? If the motivation is to serve Krishna, then um, the prayer is essentially, my Lord, please give me opportunity to serve you and if you like this is how I find it um, how I can best serve you this is what I can uh, do well <laughs> whether it's gardening or whatever it may be um, but the the core prayer is please engage me in your service maybe I Maybe circumstances will change. I can't serve you as I'm accustomed to serve you for whatever reason. But let me have another kind, another service. Let me, one way or another, always be engaged in service. And, um, and what about your Draupadi's prayer? Um, Draupadi's prayer, which... Oh, when the attempt to disrobe her was going on. Yeah, well, Draupadi's prayer uh, is, first of all, it's quite understandable in that circumstance. She did not want to be put into, she did not obviously naturally want to be shamed uh, as uh, they were trying to shame her, right? And why she would not want to be shamed, we can say, in connection with the Lord, she, she wants to be preserving her dignity as a servant of the Lord. Uh, and so, for the, we can see it in that way. It's still service for the Lord uh, that her dignity is preserved, and therefore she's calling for his help. I would see it that way. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was wondering about the Kamsa. Kamsa wanted to kill Devaki. Then he promised to Vasudev that he will not kill. So I was wondering why he kept them together in the same cell. He could separate them. <laughs> yes. Instead of going Yes, it's an interesting question. I've thought of this myself. Devotees think of it occasionally. Why didn't he just keep them separate? Why did, what, the question for those online, 
why didn't Kangsa keep Devaki and Vasudev separate if he didn't want them to have children? <laughs> I've never read any explanation of this. Um, maybe we can only assume that Kamsa was not very intelligent. He maybe assumed, well, they're married, so they have to be together. And they have to have children. So I'll just go ahead and kill one after another of the children. Somehow, for him, there was no option of keeping them separate. Well, I think we have to end now. Uh, I want to thank everyone and wish you all a wonderful remainder of Janmashtami, or for some of you, maybe it's already come to the end of, maybe I don't know, somebody further east from here. Uh, but anyway, I wish you all the best uh, for celebrating the appearance of Lord Krishna. And uh, and for tomorrow, for celebrating Śrīla Prabhupāda's Vyāsa Puja, Śrīla Prabhupāda's appearance, and for this coming entire year until next Jamāstami, <laughs> we can look forward to next year's Jamāstami. We're living from one Janmashtami to the next. Some devotees live from one uh, Sunday feast to the next. Gorpurnima to Gorpurnima. Yeah. Okay, so we'll end there. Thank you all very much. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Anantakoti Vaishnavarinda ki jai. Gorpurnima nande Hari Hare Krishna.